and welcome to the Nonprofit Radio Show, a podcast with tips and tools for small nonprofits. If you feel in the dark about how to run a nonprofit, sunshine is on its way. I'm Nancy Bacon, and I'm joined by Sarah Brooks. And today we're going to talk about the importance of staying connected to your organization's formers, former board members, former staff members, former volunteers, former anything really. Oh, I'm so excited. Uh, This is an area I know I really need to work on, and I actually think a lot of nonprofit organizations do. You know, nonprofit time is now time. We think now, maybe a few years into the future, but there's so much on our plates right now, or we're planning so much for what's next that we sometimes forget to think about, are we staying connected to the people who help set the foundation for where we are today? I think you're right. We often focus on the past in terms of finances and some other things, but not in terms of people. You know, I want to suggest that we even widen the net even further from board members and staff. I mean, it really truly is anyone. I think of a former job applicant, someone who applied for an executive director role, and uh, that individual didn't make that position, but became a very active board member, became one of the leaders of the organization. And I think is one of, even though he's no longer on the board, is one of the most major advocates for that organization. So anyone who has a mission connection, you really see that they are part of this movement that you've created, right? That's a great point, Nancy. And before we dig too far in, I want to acknowledge that sometimes on the nonprofit radio, we tackle really hard, complex, difficult, challenging issues. Today's topic is maybe not that. I think all of us know we're supposed to stay connected to people. And most of us know that we should, you know, not forget about a board member who served for six years and now has termed out with your term limits. But I just think it's something we don't end up prioritizing and putting a lot of time toward. And so today's episode is a gentle reminder. It absolutely is. So yeah, I also want to point out why I think some important points of staying connected to your former's You know, they are, as you mentioned, Nancy, your best ambassadors. They know that your organization inside and out, and they still love it, which is amazing. (laughs) They are often also very loyal donors. They're the people who can help build your movement because they understand the beginnings or at least certain time periods of your organization. And those lessons learned are inspiring to others. They can be your best defenders. Sometimes if something happens in your community or you're pushed on an issue, you'll find that a former board member or staff member or volunteer is the first to speak up and say, no, no, that's an organization that functions with integrity. I know that. They can be your best advisors, your best shoulders to lean on. Sometimes you need that outside perspective that still has an insider knowledge. And let's not forget, they're often people you just care about because you've spent a lot of time working with them on an issue you both care about. I also guess we should have a small caveat at this moment. <laughs> and, then, and that is when we talk about staying connected to your formers, it's, it's important that that be permission-based. There are some folks who are leaving your board who may be moving on to other things in their lives, and it's just not the right time to stay connected to your mission. Or perhaps you have a former staff member who's moved on and, and the relationship didn't end as amicably as you might wish. We're not suggesting that you have to stay in touch with every single former. And we're also not suggesting that you get to stalk your formers. You should ask them how they want to stay connected to you, get permission from them, and then build the relationship. 
So all the suggestions we have that follow today, they're assuming that you've had some sort of conversation with that former and agreed that you want to stay connected. I think that's so important. Like everything we talk about on the radio show, right? It really starts with relationship. It starts with connection and it really goes out from there. And so I really appreciate that idea that like with all of our advice, this is not do everything we say, but it's, we may, you know, have something here that connects with where you are in your organization. So start from where you are. That's, that's the first point. Absolutely. So who are we talking about? Let's start with former board members because we all have those, (laughs) unless you're a startup organization, right? We all have folks who volunteered their time to help an organization get started, continue, thrive, grow. And if you have term limits, which hopefully you do, and we can talk about that in another podcast if we need to, then you routinely have former board members. And most organizations that I know of are really good at the actual act of saying goodbye. I've seen all sorts of thoughtful send-offs to board members, and meaningful things, not necessarily you know large financial outlays, but really deeply meaningful, mission-connected ways of saying, wow, Nancy, you served on our board and really made a difference. But what typically happens is there's this wonderful send-off, this moment of deep glow around your relationship to the organization, and then you're like dropped off the cliff of silence and nothing. You're just right back in the mainstream communications line. Absolutely. And I can well imagine what's happening, right? The executive director or the board chair or whomever is like, okay, we've got this, 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 and this to do. We have to honor our former board members. Okay. What's happening next? Who are we recruiting to the board? You know, what's the next annual report or whatever, whatever is next on the agenda, you're just moving on. But, you know, I'm thinking about our conversation about the board matrix back, you know, a few episodes that we talked about on the front door side, you have your board matrix, you know what they need to do, and then you continue that support even after they start board service. Isn't this the same thing on the backside in the sense that, you know, you're on the board, we celebrate you, but we have an equal kind of plan, an equal kind of personal strategy where we ask, you know, how do you want to stay involved after you leave? Oh, such a good point. It's like another tab on my Excel spreadsheet. It's another tab. (laughs) Go Excel. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, just imagine what it's like to go from, from knowing everything about an organization as a board member tends to know to just getting the usual newsletter twice a year. That's a huge disconnect between for a person who cares about this mission to process. So we have a couple of ideas for how you might keep someone connected. And again, we're not suggesting you do all of these and only do the ones that feel right for both you and your former board member. But things I've seen work, some organizations have an advisory council. It's a group that maybe meets only once or twice a year, but they get a little bit of more of the inside scoop. It's a great way to put alumni of your board into service in some form, but a much reduced form. And equally, sometimes I see board members stay on a committee if they've always helped out with your you know, education program committee and they love that service it can be a great way to keep them on and keep them engaged in the process. Other examples I've heard of is to have an actual board reunion event. You have to think like your you know, former college or high school reunion. And uh, sometimes it is useful to have an actual event where you invite back all past board members. It's great for them to come and and be with their cohort again, to see the people that they saw every 
first Thursday of the month <laughs> um, for so many years to catch up with them. And it's also really fun for them to meet current board members. And if you're really clever, you could have an actual board meeting that they could watch for a little bit. And so they can see the current board in action and understand how they're functioning and, and be really proud of that too. I think that's a great idea. I mean, I think about a board that I served on many, many years ago, and I, you know, poured my heart and soul into it, and I was exhausted. I needed a little bit of a break. But now that organization is going through some significant shifts. They've had a significant funding shift that's deeply going to impact them. And I am thinking about the board. I'm thinking about how are they navigating? I mean, wow, gosh, that, I mean, if I were on the board, this is a like a meteor falling from the sky. How would I deal with that? And I'm just so curious how they're working through it and so hopeful that they've got this. And, and I'm actually going to be meeting with the executive director soon to see how I can kind of support them, not on the board, but as a former board member who really cares. Right. And that's what we're talking about. You know, one of the best ways you can interact with a former board member is to ask them for advice, to remember that they brought skills and expertise and talents and perspectives, all those things in that board matrix we talked about, they brought those to your organizations. Those things haven't gone away just because they don't have that title with your organization anymore. So keep them on your roster of people you can turn to and ask for advice and do and that. Being asked for advice sometimes is the best honor you can get. For sure. So, so let's move to a different category. We have former staff or volunteers. And again, you don't want them to feel dropped. You don't want to miss out on their wisdom. So, so what do we do? Yeah. So again, and this is, let's assume we're talking about a, a, a former staff member who wants to stay connected and who you, who you organizationally feel you want to stay connected to. It's a good, healthy relationship to stay connected. And in those early days of post-departure, I think lots of organizations end up asking their staff members lots of questions. Nancy, I can't find the password. You know, Nancy, how did we send out the e-newsletter, <laughs> right? And when you're that former staff person, that can be exhausting, right? It can just be like, I am trying to move into my new role with my new work or in retirement or whatever I've moved into. And I've kind of turned the corner on those technical questions. So my first piece of advice is with former staff, when you staying connected is not the same thing as asking them technical questions about what they used to do. Those are different things. And you need to kind of package those technical questions into one or two phone calls where you ask six things at once rather than peppering them every day with an email. That's the if you do the overburdened on the technical questions, you will you will never get a real authentic ongoing relationship. That is great advice. <laughs> but once everything's settled, <laughs> then I think it's really useful to think about the projects that you know mattered to them or that they played a key role in developing or you know taking to a new level. And I actually encourage you to keep a list. <laughs> I mean, I'd write down next to Nancy. I know she loved our you know glass recycling program that she got it going and she kept it running. Because I can't probably keep Nancy up to date on every single thing in the organization that, you know, then you're spreading yourself a little thin. But anytime something comes up about our glass program, I should somehow make a connection to Nancy and let her know. And so you can just put this on your calendar. <laughs> I mean, I am a paper calendar person, I, but I have found that I love the new digital calendars because they send me 
reminders like, hey, next week you need to work on this. <laughs> um, and so I'll periodically just put in a meeting at 8 a.m. on a Monday that says, hey, make sure this week you check in with Nancy and tell her about the glass program or whatever it is. It's phenomenal how when that re- notification comes up on my list, I am like, oh, okay, I'm going to send Nancy an email. <laughs> so whatever method works for you, sometimes just putting it down in the calendar every quarter, I'm going to check in and remember she likes glass you'll actually do it. I think another idea here is really around if you are the executive director who didn't manage a certain former staff member, remember that that staff member may still have a lot of knowledge that might help you. And so, for example, I founded a learning program for a nonprofit organization that after I left, there were a few executive director turnover episodes and they landed with a new executive director who's wonderful but who didn't reach out to any former staff members. Mm. And it was the 10th anniversary of that program I founded. And so I sent her an email with, hey, it's the 10th anniversary of that program. I remember 10 years ago, I dug out some old pictures, crickets. Oh, <laughs> and I'm like, I have a knowledge that you don't have simply because you weren't there. Right. You missed a fundraising opportunity. Totally. You missed a connection opportunity. Oh my God. I would have been all over social media with these. Remember 10 years ago right. when we did this thing? Yes. Nope. Crickets. Oh, I was just about to say what a missed opportunity, because I really think if you have a beloved former staff member, and again, whether it was, uh, as you point out, someone you were uh, working with directly or someone who came before your time, but if you know there's a beloved staff member associated with your organization who's no longer there, you need to treat them like a major donor because they were. They were a major donor to your organization. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they they supported your organization in a major, major way. And so I literally would code them in my database in the same way, whatever way you do, to code a major donor so that they get invited to all the events, to the, so that they get the personalized note from someone, so that they feel like they really are a key component of your organization. I think that position, that that perspective of generosity is so critical. I mean, I think about even in this online world, it's so easy to send someone a Zoom link. So like we pour our heart and soul into this online fundraiser, online conference. And, you know, it just happened to me where, you know, this major conference happened that I used to like deliver. And again, it would have been so easy to say, hey, here's a free code to sign up because you're important to us. Mm-hmm. you know, but missed it's, opportunity. <laughs> right. It's these little tiny things. And I, I understand, you know, to our listeners right now are like, I can't, another thing I have to juggle, right. Another thing I have to remember, but it's really just an organizational task. It's just finding what works for you to tickle or remind you, right. It's just, you know, I actually put on a calendar again, like if I know it's an important date in someone's life, like this is the day Nancy's daughter got married and somehow that was important to our organization. Then I'll put that down so that a year from now, I I remember that. It's just being organizational about it. You know, another important thing I think to do with um, former beloved staff or volunteers, or as you pointed out at the beginning, applicants, (laughs) is to take the time every once in a while to keep up with what they're doing now. And if they've gone on to work for a new organization or volunteer in a new way, or they've done something important in your community, read about it, and then just send them a quick message. Say, hey, Nancy, wow, I now I see you're organizing an incredible event for 
you know, the Humane Society. And wow, that looks like it was quite a success. Congratulations. I remember when you used to work your magic for us. You just never know when something good will come from keeping open that communication. And if we're honest, if they were a beloved staff member, then it can just feel good to not lose touch with them, even if it never turns into some great organizational match of some kind. Absolutely. Their success is your success. And I would say, because I'm on LinkedIn and social media, I would you know, shout it out to the world that I'm so proud of Sarah for doing this incredible thing. Go, Sarah, go. And then the world sees that you're, that you've cast your net wide in terms of who you're lifting up. Right. And I I also, I mean, just as a small, tiny aside, I think it's a really important signal to send to your community that when you lose a good employee, you are helping promote them on to the next best thing. And if they really are a beloved member of your community, then you'll be beloved even more for continuing to cheer them on. You know, you're glad their career is taking off and, you know, you can take some pride in in helping them launch. And that's a great signal in your community of, of your confidence and stability as an organization. Because remember, after all, you're building a movement for your mission. And along the way, you're also kind of building your own little movement of people who are on your team who are supporting you and taking that time to stay in touch with people who you used to work with really closely. That's the way you build your own movement team. Absolutely. And, you know, we really strive to be learning organizations. And so I think there's even power in coming back to former staff members a year or two later as they have reflected on their time. They've had other experiences. I recently talked to a former colleague that we worked together, you know, years ago, and he gave me some input on my leadership that I thought was so interesting and, you know, things I did well and things I maybe could have improved. And I listened with open ears because I really appreciated the reflection that he was able to bring. I don't supervise this individual anymore. It doesn't really matter, but I learned. And I think that's important that we're learning people and learning communities. Oh, that's so great. That's a a great example of your own movement team, like the Nancy movement team. (laughs) The Nancy movement team. Well, so what's our word of the week? Well, it has to be former. And when I picked that word, I was like, oh, former, you know, it just means something like the one before. Um, (laughs) And I was trying to think of what am I going to say about that? (laughs) Um, And then I thought about it more instead of former, I thought of it as former. See the word as a version of the one who formed something. (laughs) And so when you start thinking about that, you realize all of these formers, former board members, former staff, former volunteers helped form your movement and each one of them shaped it and each one left an indelible mark on it and finding ways to recognize them, continuing to see them, continuing to keep their passion and values match with your organization alive helps you learn from them and not only respects the form that they help provide, which is important, but also helps you continue to think strategically about how to give form to your movement going forward. Oh my God. So I have to tell folks, we do planners for these podcast episodes and I have a big OMG in the margin. I mean, thinking about former as the people who form and what does it mean to form something? And immediately when I saw that word, I thought about a potter's wheel where you're all mucky in the in the clay. The, the wheel is spinning and one board is working on giving shape to that, mm-hmm. that clay. So you're shaping a bowl and then you move on and a new board comes in and takes over. 
And as that clay is going around and around, you might eventually add a handle or a design or whatever. I mean, it might, but the foundational shape is still there. Mm-hmm. And the purpose and connection still exists for those former board members and that their point of view on the outside of the organization makes them all the more valuable in terms of their insight and connection. Oh, that's such a good point, Nancy. Such a good point. And again, missed opportunity is the phrase that just keeps coming up and up and up. This What we're talking about isn't rocket science, but if you just pause long enough, you'll, you won't miss the opportunities to capture that insight exactly. That person who knows your organization and now is looking at it from the outside. That is, there's only a small number of people who can do that for you, but what a valuable perspective. Absolutely. So how do we land this conversation? How do we like wrap it up? Well, you know, unless your organization has truly just formed, (laughs) you undoubtedly have a whole group of people who at one time played important and actually really intimate roles in your organization and in your movement. And what we're encouraging you today to think about is whether or not you are truly staying in touch with those formers. And if you aren't, which which most of us aren't, (laughs) then to consider what you and what they might feel like they're missing. With just a little intentional thought, you can find ways to keep that connection going. Your former board, staff, volunteers, applicants, whatever whatever you can think of, will appreciate this. Your organization will benefit from their continued ambassadorship, and your movement will be even stronger. It doesn't need to be something over the top or even all that frequent. It can be small little bites. Just find one or two ways to really stay in touch and your mission will be better for this. You've got this. Thank you for listening to the Nonprofit Radio Show. If you like what you heard on today's episode, please consider sharing the podcast and rating us on your favorite podcast site. Your support is the best way for us to reach more people. We invite you to look at the show notes at nonprofitradioshow.com for ideas on how to bring these conversations into your organization or to tell us what you'd like to hear next. Nonprofit Radio Show is produced by Nancy Bacon and Sarah Brooks. Editing and post-production are provided by Margaret Mepp Schulte of Three Choices Creative Communications. Music is by Riley Crabtree. Together, we are inspired by you and other nonprofit leaders doing important work in our communities.